0: Good morning. How y'all doing? Good. How about the rest of y'all? Are y'all all right? Uh, it's good to see you today. i glad you're here. It's good to be back in the state of Georgia, back at Maysville Baptist Church. Uh, Jan and I love coming here. We love uh, Brother Shane. always enjoy being with Shane and his uh, daughter Miriam. It's always such a blessing uh, to be with them. and I, I love Shane. I've known Shane before he knew how to shave, I tell you. But uh, I love him very much. He and Miriam are precious, precious folk. Uh, I met him when he was just, they were just kids. I mean, just kids. And I have grown to love them uh, over the years. I can tell you some wonderful stories about your pastor uh, that you would like to know. It would be a blessing. Amen. But uh, we're going to have a good time this week. This conference, the theme is on victory. Victory. And there's no better place to learn about victory than the Bible. We need to get back to the Bible. It's the only place that's going to tell us how to have victory. And I believe that there is a book that deals specifically with that theme of victory. And that is the book of Joshua. And so if you want to turn to chapter 1, let me tell you some things about Joshua. Joshua has 24 chapters. Four chapters, the first four chapters, deal with the actual entering into the land of Canaan. 20 chapters, the remaining 20 chapters, deal with what happens when they get there. Now we're going to focus these four days on getting across the river, on victory, possessing our possession. Now, there are two stages in the Christian life, two stages. You're either in one of those stages. The first stage is called the Red Sea stage. You see, what the Red Sea was to the children of Israel, the cross is to us. It is a symbol of redemption. God took them out to bring them in. So God saves us. God saves us. He seals us. He secures us. But yet God has a purpose that He has within of us, each of us that God desires that that would be fulfilled in our life. But it will not be fulfilled without obedience. Remember this. Obedience is the greatest word in Christian character. And no one can obey God for you but you. It is personal responsibility. And so God saves us. He calls us. He equips us, and it is God's will that we cross the river. You see, the Red Sea represented salvation, crossing out of bondage. But what does the Jordan River mean? What does it mean to get across the river? You see, there was Egypt, there's the wilderness, and there's Canaan. Now, it is God's will for us as his children to get into Canaan, you have to cross the Jordan. Jordan is a symbol of death. You say, Well, okay, I, I've trusted Jesus. What do you mean? Ladies and gentlemen, we have to die to ourselves. I don't know about you, but I know what my greatest problem is me. Me. And see, if we will focus for these next four days upon ourselves, Upon the me, then God's gonna do something for us. We wanna have evangelism. We wanna see multitudes of people saved. But we've got the cart before the horse. Evangelibs, evangelism is birthed out of revival, it is a supernatural work that is natural in the Spirit that occurs once a people of God began to operate in the Spirit in obedience to the word of God okay God saves us once and for all but it is God's will for us to get across the river now the question I want to ask you today is where are you there's somebody here you're still in Egypt you've you're still in bondage you've never come to Jesus you've never repented of your sin you've never placed your faith in the finished work of Christ in the person of Jesus Now remember, salvation is not an experience. It's a person. And that person is Jesus. Victory is not an experience. It is a person. And that person is Jesus. And so what we have to do in our life as individual believers is get our focus upon the person of Jesus. It's easy to get our focus on a lot of different things. And by doing that, we miss the main thing. And so let's talk about the real thing. Don't y'all like the real thing? Hmm? Uh, imitation stuff. I like the real thing. Y- y'all remember, y'all remember, I can't believe it's butter. I can't believe it's not butter. Yeah, well, I can. Ugh. Yeah, I like real stuff. Not, not imitation. I just uh, uh, been going through some stuff, uh, some tests and things and and I, I I really could have saved a lot of money because after they did all of it, they said, Well, I did one of these body scans. You ever done one of these body scans? It's embarrassing. They put me in a room. My doctor told me to go and have this scan. And so I went to have it and I walked in, young lady said, Hey Pastor. I said, Hey. You baptized me. Yeah. My husband there, every Sunday, we sat on the nosebleed section on this side. Yeah. I had no idea who she was. Oh, it's so embarrassing. I can't keep up with everybody. And she says, well, Pastor, have you ever done one of these? I said, no. She said, well, I said, the doctors told me to come over and do this. And she said, well, you've got to take off all your clothes. I said, no, they didn't tell me that. <laughs> so they, they left, and... Told me how to operate this computer. And are you talking about dangerous? I can mess up a one-car funeral and they're giving me a computer. I'm telling you. I, I, I get in there and I get on this thing, this, you know, and, and I press all these buttons, and all of a sudden this thing starts going and I hold on to these things and, and it's doing like this. All of a sudden, I'm standing there and all of a sudden it starts going. And I'm going around the circle and I'm thinking, this is stupid. You know? And when I got through. And got off of it. Then I found out what was wrong with me. They said, you're fat. (laughs) I didn't have to get on a machine and spin around. I knew that. They said, now this is what you got to do. And the things that that they want to give you, it doesn't taste good. Because it's not real. And see, that's what's wrong, the reason. You ever wonder why people, do you know there's people outside this building that their lives are falling apart? I mean, their, their marriages are in shambles. Their, their, their families are having problems. There's drug addictions. There's infidelity. There's immorality. There's adultery. There, there's drunkenness. There's, it's just sickening what's happening in the world. And yet, we meet up here and we got the answer. Now, ever wonder why people are not beating down the door to come to the church? You know why most most folks don't go to church? Because they've been. And what they tasted, they didn't think was real. You see, folks, we are to be real. And how can I get out of here and tell somebody that the God that I know can change their life and give them peace and joy and victory. And they don't see that in my life on Monday morning. So this is what we're going to talk about, okay? Victory, the real thing. Look at chapter 1, verse 1. Look what it says. Now. Now. Look here just a moment. Now. We need to learn that word in our churches. We, 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 have, we have to vote on everything. Do you know that? We do. We had to form a committee to form a committee. And people are dying and going to hell. And we're just trying to figure stuff. Why don't we just do what we're supposed to do? And just get with the program? Why don't we just do that? You see, now, he said, okay, you do this now. Not not tomorrow, do it now. Look what he says. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Look what it says Moses, my servant, is dead. Would you read that with me? Moses, my servant, is dead. Hey, y'all know Moses is dead? Do y'all know that? A lot of people in our churches need to know Moses is dead. That's right. Moses is dead. We don't. Well, we never did it that Moses is dead. You understand? If you're gonna get into the promised land, Moses is dead. He did what he was supposed to do. But it took Joshua to get them across the river. If you keep living like Moses is leading, you're never gonna get in the promised land. They wandered around for 40 years and he got so frustrated that he missed going across. So look what he says, continue. man, this is good. Goodness knows. Look what it says. Now, therefore, again, now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. So what's he saying here? He is telling him that... It's time to get with the program. It's time to do what we're supposed to do. Folks, listen, we have so many meetings talking about stuff that we're not going to do. We need to do it. We need to do it. We'd save a lot of money and a lot of time, and we'd see a lot of people come to Jesus. If we learned how to move according to the Spirit and the Spirit moves, God says, now, go do this. It's time. Remember, with God, timing is far more important than time. It is. So what's he saying here? He is saying that if you're going to have the real thing, you've got to understand that victory is the goal of the Christian life. There's the goal. Now, the problem is, Most Christians' lives are like this. They're kind of like an old bedstead. Firm on both ends, but sagging in the middle. Okay? Saved. Heaven. Saved, justification. Heaven, glorification. But what's happening between here and here? I mean, goodness, folks. There'll be joy in the church. There'll be happiness in the church. I mean, you go to the football game. You know, I've heard people say, well, I don't, I don't know people. Or I don't want to. I had somebody tell me, I said, well, you know, I don't, I don't want to go to a large church. I said, really? I said, can I ask you a question? Sure. Are you going to heaven? Well, yeah. <laughs> You're going to be shocked. <laughs> it's going to be more than us four and no more. Amen. I mean, I'm telling you. Yeah. Well, I don't want to know who to sit by, but you'll go to a ball game and sit by a drunk. Come on, brother. Hmm? Come on. Yeah. And and you high five people you don't even know. Hear me? Yeah. You know, I I I, I just quit going to ball games. I just I, I like to watch them. First of all, I can't do it because I guard my Saturdays so so much. I just usually don't go anywhere, but. But I got tired of going, and, and I had to sit in this one place, and there was an elderly couple, and they was the nicest bunch of people. But they get so excited, and I thought they were going to die. They were old. They poured, my, they poured their Coke on me, their popcorn. Yeah! I decided I'd stay at the house. But I wondered, I got thinking about them. Dave, what about Sunday morning? Yeah, no excitement, no joy. God help us, folks. Jesus is alive. He is not dead. That's why we come to church on Sunday. Did y'all know that? Because, you see, it's the day of resurrection. See, we just got it down. What we do just do Easter. I got to tell you something. Every Sunday is Easter. Hey. Every Sunday is a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus that you get in your car and you start driving out the driveway. Your neighbor said, there they go. Those people believe that he's alive. They believe he's alive. It's the goal. Where are you headed? Where are you headed What's your goal? You failed to plan, you're planning to fail. That's right. you got to have a goal. What's God doing in your life? Where are you headed? I love my sweetheart. My little sweetheart, we've been married for 41 years. And uh, I, I remember when I started dating her, she's the nicest person I've ever met in my life. And I was scared of her. She didn't weigh 100 pounds. scared me. I scared of her. And we go out on our first date, and I'm driving, and I'm being, you know, I'm, I'm trying everything proper. I'm just, I'm so nervous. And nobody's saying nothing. She looked at me, and she said, God told me I'm going to marry a preacher. I'd like to wreck the car. Says <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a short romance. Well, she got her preacher. And I love her. And she is, she is smarter than me. Yes, she, she is smarter than me. And... Uh, I'm telling you, when I'm preaching, she's preaching. Boy, God, God uses her in my life. But there's one thing about her that I'm still working on. And Shane called me last night. He said, "He said, hey, Dan, he said, to, do you want me to just come pick you up at the hotel and then Janet can drive over to the church? I said, no, I want to see her again. <laughs> I, I, what, what do you mean, well, Shane? If she gets in the, her, her truck, her, her SUV, and, and we won't see her anymore. What do you mean? Uh, she'd go Miami by the way of Minneapolis. <laughs> you see, that, that's, that's where many believers are. And I asked her one day, I said, honey, I said, you know, she, I said, honey, like we we'll go to our sons in Birmingham. We, I, I said, don't you know how to—she said— well yeah I said but you don't even you don't have one she said I don't have to I said well why do you want what do you mean she said I'm just sitting over here enjoying it I know where you're going you know where you're going I don't worry about it hmm that's great but let me tell you something you need to pay attention because one day you might be called upon to drive and folks that's the problem with many believers You're riding along with somebody else and you're enjoying the journey, but you don't really know where you're going. What's the goal? But not only is it the goal of the Christian life, I want you to look at the second thing. The second thing we see is that that victory, victory God gives to us, is, is also a gift. It is a gift. That's our goal, but it's a gift. Y'all, y'all like gifts? Girls, y'all like gifts? Huh? Yeah. Amen. Like gifts. And, and we like to receive gifts. We like that. Our, we have a grandson. Uh, we didn't have him last time we was here. And we finally got one. Hallelujah. My soul. I, I, my oldest son went to school so long. Somebody asked me, he said, What's he going to be when he gets out of school? I said, About 40. <laughs> Both those boys, they're highly educated. He's 34 years old before he got married. Well, he's 38. Well, the, they, they had a little boy last year. This coming Thursday, he'll be one year old. And I have become the person I used to preach about. I got the pictures, the videos, you name it. I got it. And, and Jen and I, we, we just have to go see him. I'm, I, I told her one day, I said, honey, I think I'm worse than you. I do. I just can't hardly stand it. We, we're going to get in the car. We, we're going to drive two and a half hours. We're going we're gonna to run over and check on him, you know? I mean, I just, that, that young man is just, he just got me. And, and, and I got to where, and I told her, it's his birthday, and we got him a birthday present, but we was going. We, we had to stop by. I'm sorry. We stopped by on the way over here, it's just right off the road, okay? But I said, honey, we gotta get him something. She said, Well, he's got to... I said, No, we gotta get him something. We don't go without giving him something. You know? Now don't look at me spiritual, you grandparents. I'm one of y'all. You got it. I mean, I'm going like, let's buy him a car. I mean, I mean, you know, boy. Gift. We like gifts. See, God wants to give it to you. He, he, and he's told Moses, he said, hey, I've already given it to you. It had belonged to him hundreds of years. It had belonged to him hundreds of years. God gave it to him. He gave it to Abraham. Go back to Genesis 12. God gave them this, but they had not set one foot into the land of Canaan until they did it God's way. You don't get... From God, what God has for you, trying to go about getting it your way. God's already given it to you. The the Word of God is the instructions. And God says, I want to give this to you. You've got to receive it. But this is what you have to do to receive it. Many people come to church, and this is what they say. All right, preacher. you got 22 minutes. You better bless me. Amen? Yeah, bless me. Folks, we, you know, we go to church like we go to Walmart. We do. We do. We go. To, I like this, but I don't like this. I like this, but I don't like that. Folks, let me. have you ever heard anybody say, I told my church the other day, this, I am so sick of people saying, well, what can your church offer me? I want to say nothing. It's not about us offering you nothing. It's about Jesus. Hey. If you're going to church because you like the music or you like the preaching or you like this or you like that, guess what? Stuff's going to change. You know that? You better get focused on that which does not change, and that's the person hey. of Jesus. You see, we, 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 we have all of these contingencies. We go to church by personal preference rather than spiritual conviction. Hey. Well, that's a good word. Give. God said, here. He's giving it to him. But he said, now, you know why you didn't receive it? You know why y'all been wandering around the wilderness? Now, these people were lost, folks. 11-day 11, 11 trip took 40 years. Something wrong. Hmm? You hear me? That's right. you driving. That's right, baby. You said it, darling. I read your lips. Why? Because they didn't obey God. God said, I've given you the land. Only Joshua and Caleb come back and said, you know what? That's our land. And the majority came back and said, oh, my goodness, they're grass, we're like grasshoppers over there compared to those people. There's a bunch of giants over there. Oh, yeah, it's nice, but, boy, all this stuff, they didn't realize. What Caleb and Joshua realized is, you know what? They're trespassing. That's ours. That's ours. Are you living up to your potential? Are are you possessing your possession? It's a gift. God says, here, I have given it to you. It is my will for you to walk in victory, to have joy, to enjoy going to heaven, to have such joy and peace in your life and excitement about Jesus that that people are going to look at you and say, man, what in the world is wrong with you? Or what in the world's right with you? I want what you have. I want what you have. You see, if you have Jesus, then people ought to want Jesus hey. because they see the reality of Him in your life. You know. Now I just I like to have fun. I like to have a good time. I'm just glad I'm saved. I could be, I could be in hell, and you could too. We we've got over being saved. That's right. You know. We've gotten over that. And, folks, we should never get over the fact that it took the blood of Jesus to redeem us, that the gift of God, salvation, and that God gives us the capability, He gives us the accessibility, He gives us everything we need to live the Christ life. It's so cool. It's a gift. God says, Here, same principle, same principle. It's a gift but it must be gained. Same principle as Matthew 11. Remember what Jesus said? Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Okay? But if you continue reading that, he tells them to enter in to my rest. You enter in. I'm going to give it to you, but you've got to enter in. What does that mean? It's given but it must be gained. What's the principle? The principle is exercising your faith. Okay, Faith is not passive, it's active. See, we only believe as much as the Bible as we practice. Now listen to me. You can tell me this chair will hold me up, but I'm not going to know that until I sit down in it. Had a man in his letter 70s come and talked to me this past week and he, he was struggling and we was talking about faith and doubt and all these things like that and I said have you trusted Jesus he said yes sir I trust Jesus well I said let me explain it then I said when you came into my study uh, you immediately sat down in that chair he said yes sir is that all right I said sure That's what it's there for I said now you didn't ask me what it holds you up you didn't ask them what kind of chair it was. You just looked at it and sat down in it. I said, why? Because you believe by faith that it had the capability of holding you up. Now, don't you listen to me? Listen to me. Faith is only as good as the object you place it in. You understand that? See, if your faith's in your feelings, well, you're going to be miserable. Because the most fickle thing about us are our emotions. Somebody asked D.L. Moody one time. They said, "Mr. Moody, are you saved?" He said, "Yeah." They said, "Do you feel saved?" He said, "No, but I am saved." Okay, it's a fact. It's a fact. Do, do y'all? I'm not a real morning person. I, I don't understand these people. You know that they get up at four o'clock in the morning. You know. Somebody said, somebody said, "I have my quiet time at four o'clock in the morning. It's quiet at our house at four o'clock in the morning." <laughs> yeah. But now think about this, you know. And, and I thank God for people like that. But I, I I have to be motivated. I have to I have to get going, you know. But 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 think about this. In 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 doing that. Is that. All of us are made different, but yet we're all the same. And, and there's different things about us and different proclivities about us, but the same fact is we've got to have the same faith, and that faith has got to be in the person of Jesus because nothing else is going to hold us up. As I said to the first crowd, you can't let God down because you can't hold God up. So that man sat down. I said, now, look at here. You don't have the chair. The chair has you. See, if you're saved, it's not so much you have Jesus, does Jesus have you. Remember what Jesus said? He said, I know, many are going to say, I did this, did this. And he said, I I never, I never knew you. I never knew you. See, the evidence in your life that you're saved is in a changed life and on continuing. John said they went out from us because they were not of us. How are you doing right now? Don't go back to some kind of experience. I'm a, what's going on in your life right now? Is Jesus the Lord of your life right now? It's gained by the Christian. How? By faith. By following. Read the directions. Do what it says. It's gained by fighting. Fighting. My wife's been sick for 35 years. I don't know why. We prayed for her. We've anointed her with oil, the elders. We've done everything we're supposed to do. She deals with it every day. And you're always going to have your critics. You have some say, well, you know what? The reason you got this problem... Reason you're not well is because you got sin in your life. Yeah. No, that's not true. Well, you know what? You become you become Pentecostal because you anointed with oil. You did this, folks. You know what? We need to learn how to do? get over ourselves and get to Jesus. We came to the place years ago, well, what are we going to do if this doesn't get any better? We're going to love Jesus. I've had the privilege to preach all over the place, all over this continent. Go to other places and preach. Been on over 1,300 revival meetings. I would not be here. I would not be who I am today if it wasn't for that woman right there. She is my helpmate. She is my life, part of my life. We're intertwined. That's what it talks about when you become one. And every time I stand to preach or teach, you know what? She's got a part in that. And I don't understand this, but I had a pastor tell us something years ago, and Jen, this helped us, didn't it? She was in the hospital, been hospitalized many times, and we... Friend of ours came, older pastor, he's gonna be with the Lord. And he said, he called us young'uns. And he said, Young'uns, he said, I, I don't know. I don't understand all this. But he said, I want to give you something the Lord gave to me. And I want you to listen to what the Bible says. If you want the answers, get the book. Look what it says. Exodus thirteen, seventeen says Exodus 13:17 says, And it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, Lest preadventure the people repent when they see war, and they return to Egypt. God will only give to you what you're able to receive. And God will not take you somewhere. That you're not able to go and this is what he taught us he said I want you to understand something I don't understand why you're going through this but I want you to understand this God might be taking you the long way around but you trust him and he'll get you across the river and I'm gonna tell you something folks when you have to live that every day Knowing, I can't make it, God. I can't do this. I can't deal with this. And God says, trust me. Trust me. Has God ever whispered that to your soul? Trust me. Trust me. It's dark. It's difficult. It's not fun. Pain. God only gives certain people you got to be real special to have the ministry of suffering very very special chosen people but whatever God has for you he says trust me and there's somebody here today you've never really done that you trusted the church you trusted experience you trusted religion but you've never met Jesus You've never trusted him. you've never sat down in His grace and said, "This is here I am, Lord. Can't do nothing about this. If I'm saved, you've got to do it. If I'm changed, you've got to do it. Would you do that today? Would you trust Jesus today? If you haven't done that, would you do that? And let me say this to you. There's someone here today that you are struggling. And you wonder why. You say, I know I've trusted Jesus. I know I've done what I'm supposed to do. And I, I, you know, I'm just trying. You work harder, but you still struggle. You still struggle. Have you ever realized that God's a God of order? You don't do step one, then go to step five. It's one, two, three three, four. You know what's wrong with a lot of folks in our churches? I've seen this all across the Southern Baptist Convention, all across America, from California to Florida, places in between. A lot of people in our churches joined the church. They were baptized. But as they stayed under the Word, see that Word's not going to return empty. It's going to do what it's supposed to do. And people begin to understand what it means that salvation is Jesus. And they begin; they come to that relationship with Jesus. They begin to understand that. And you know what happens to them? They get saved. And they go on in the church trying to do what they've normally done, but they don't have any victory. They don't I mean it's just they don't understand what's wrong. And the reason's because they've never obeyed the Lord in the first step of obedience. And that's a believer's baptism. If you weren't saved when you went in the water, then you've never had a believer's baptism. It doesn't save you. No, no, no. But I'll tell you what it does it puts you on the journey of obedience. And that's on the way you're going to know the will of God. So we're going to ask you to obey him today. I'm going to ask you to do what he says. Let's stand to our feet, bow our heads and close our eyes. Pastor Shane's going to come. Our staff's going to come. The Phil's coming. Our company is coming. And we're going to have an invitation. And I'm going to ask you today to come to Jesus. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Today you say, Brother Dan... Shane, I, you know, I, I know I had an experience, but I really don't know I'm going to go to heaven. I really don't have peace that I'm going to go to heaven, but I want to go to heaven. I'd love to go to bed tonight and know if I die, I'm going to go to heaven. I'd love to know if, if, if this world, something happens, I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm going to to heaven. If Jesus comes, I'm going to go to heaven. If you don't know that, heads about eyes are closed, she plays very softly. Would you be honest enough and say, preacher, will you pray for me? Because I really don't have that peace in my heart. I really don't know for sure I'm going to heaven, but I want to. Will you slip your hand up? Pray for me. Pray for me. It's not going to hurt you. Pray for me. There's someone here who said, Brother Dan, I I joined the church, and then I got saved. And I realize that I've never had a believer's baptism. I've struggled with that. Would you pray for me? that I'll do what I'm supposed to do. I need strength. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up, just write it right down, pray for me. If that's what's wrong with me, that's what I need to do today. All right? And then today you say, Brother Dan, Brother Shane, I know Jesus, but I wanna walk with him. I I wanna live in Canaan. I want to have that victory. Would you pray for me that during this week that God God will do something in me, for me. God will do something through me. Could I pray for you? Would you slip your hand right up? Pray for me. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. We're going to pray. We're going to sing. The altar's going to be open. I'm going to invite you to come. Father, in Jesus' name, bless your word and draw your net. Bind the evil one that would hinder anyone from coming and give absolute liberty now. There's a man here. There's a woman here. There's a student here that needs to be saved. Please don't let anyone die and go to hell from here, Lord. And God, I pray for that person you're dealing with about a believer's baptism. They've trusted you. God, but they've never professed faith. They've never had a believer's baptism. Give them courage to come today. Someone needs to plant their life in this church and make their life count for the kingdom here at Maysville. God, there's someone here today that they just need a fresh start. God, please draw your net now in Jesus' name.